Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my fiance, Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a good week here. It is June 20th, 1998. It is that. And if our pre-conversation before we started recording is any indication, it's going to be a great show. Oh, Where geez. I make fun of Carol a lot. Don't for be being, mean. For being tired and confused. I'm not confused. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I might occasionally yes. be a little foggy. No, it's never happened. But I'm not confused. That's what we're calling it now, huh? Just call her London. <laughs> foggy as hell. Um, but speaking of countries that aren't here, uh, bands broke out new material for Tibet concert. You were you? Are you familiar with? Uh, the Tibet Freedom Concert? No. Oh, well, yeah, it was a big concert put on by bands to free Tibet, you know? <laughs> okay. Someone said free Tibet once, and I was like, I'll take it. Um. Anyway, last week's Tibetan Freedom Concert was more than a chance to catch a bunch of important bands doing their stuff. It was a chance to catch a bunch of important bands doing their new stuff. Awesome. It was a weekend of firsts to... Uh, the two-day festival at RFK Stadium featured some of the biggest acts in modern rock, and several used the opportunity to deb- debut new members and fresh material. Here's what concertgoers saw and heard and what other fans can expect. So the Beastie Boys. Oh, my gosh. Wow. The Beastie Boys are going to be at the Palace, by the way, on August 18th. We should go. Uh, Hello Nasty, their new... Their new album. It looked like my dad noted one <laughs> snide concert goer. Yeah, so the Beastie Boys are a little older now. MCA, a.k.a. Adam Yonch, has gray hair. And fans have waited four excruciatingly long years for this album. But from all appearances, the sounds were as fresh as ever. With skilled mixmaster Mike now managing the turntables, the Beasties look to be headed back to the thickly textured arrangements that define them early uh so anyway there's uh the lead single for that they they debuted was intergalactic okay um and yeah so i don't know so in four years since they released their last stuff they aged to the point that they now look like somebody's dad and have gray hair yes the fuck have they been doing for four years uh brass monkey i believe <laughs> uh <laughs> it's a deep cut, everyone. Uh, Pearl Jam, who will be at the Palace August 23rd. I love Pearl Jam. Former Soundgarden drummer Matt Cameron now backs the Seattle Rockers, taking the set of Jack Irons, whose ongoing battle with manic depression forced him to sit out this tour. Aw. Yeah, sad. So they debuted a new person. Uh, R.E.M. Also love. This the, sounds awesome. They're new. Well, we missed it. They're new. <laughs> we could have gone to RFK Stadium, I suppose, but that was, it's in Washington, D.C. Uh, their new album is coming out in October. Uh, Michael Stipe. Mike Stipe. Uh, he said, uh, yeah, it went pretty well. Pretty, pretty, pretty well, he said. Uh, let's see. What did they play? 
I don't know. What did they play? Let's see. You're well, the one with the paper. I'm reading. <laughs> Loosened by Religion, Man <laughs> on the Moon. We know, we know those ones. Uh, Airport Man, Suspicion, Sad Professor. Losing My Religion is one of my favorites. And then the Red Hot Chili Peppers, whose new album debuts in the fall. They're also amazing. Yeah, they're fine. Uh, You're inspiring me to want to do a mixtape with all this music. Talk. Are you? Mm-hmm. Blood, Sugar, Sex, Magic. New album. I could have lied. They played. And others. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's what we got going on for the Tibetan concert. So, if anybody out there checked out the Tibetan concert, latefee 1994 at And we're jealous. Tell us what you thought of the new stuff. Speaking of new stuff, though, this I, this I did mostly for you because I know you're excited about this. Okay. Uh, camp, this is business news, so this has nothing to do with what we usually talk <laughs> about. It's also local news. Uh, campus Martius plans are underway. Okay. So as part of the new downtown uh, revitalization program, the, the restoration program, uh, they're planning a an area called Campus Martius. Uh, it should have patios, atriums, uh, all outside office buildings and shops. Uh, in, nice. In uh, downtown Detroit. It would be nice to have a, a cute place downtown to mm-hmm. hang out. I mean, right now the nicest place to hang out downtown is uh, definitely not cute. Cass Quarter. Um, so, but uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I, I just thought you'd you'd like that, you know, because you're you're big on hanging out in Detroit and stuff like that. So plans underway. Uh, and then last week we talked about. The AFI, which I believe stands for Aliens Figure Intuition. I don't know. Sure. No, it's the American Film Institute. Mm. Uh, they, they, they released their controversial, apparently, top 100 movies of all time list. So I thought we would go, we would spend the rest of the, the time going over the top 100 movies of all time. <laughs> oh, one by one. So, so we went to the theater. And saw a shitty movie. And I'm not even going to talk about it. I'm not even going to talk about it. No, we're we're not spending the whole day talking about AFI's list. I think I'd rather. But here's the top ten. Citizen Kane, which, you know, I I pointed out before. Mm -hmm. It's a good good one. We have to see that. Yes, I agree. We should do that. Number two, Casablanca. That's a very good movie. Classic. Classic. Uh, not romantic comedy, but no, like, it's definitely not a comedy. It's a romantic <laughs> drama, I guess. Right, The Godfather, which is also, also good. That's yeah. a good movie. Gone with the Wind, amazing, yeah. Lawrence of Arabia, never saw it. Lawrence of Arabia. I feel like an old person made this list. The Wizard of Oz, also really good. Comes in at number six. The Graduate. I mentioned that one. Mm-hmm. The Graduate, 1967's own. Haven't seen that either. On the Waterfront. Haven't seen that either. It's Marlon Brando. Schindler's List. Okay, finally a more modern movie. Number nine and number ten, Singing in the Rain. It's a good musical. I I would think, you know, I haven't read the whole list, mm-hmm. but 
I would put Pulp Fiction up there. Yeah. Maybe top ten. I mean, I know it's I know it's early, but like, I don't know. Like I said, I feel like an old person made this list. Well, there's a there's a lot from the 40s and 50s. Like, It's a Wonderful Life is just out, it's number 11, just outside the top 100. And then my dad's favorite movie, Bridge on the River Kwai. Oh, my God. I think I've heard my mother talk about that movie. Star Wars makes it into the top uh, 20. Uh, Grapes of Wrath, 2001's on here. E.T. You start, So, like, as you go down the list, you start to get a little more into um, the films of, like, the 80s and and some of the 70s ones. I, I, I think there should be more 70s movies on this list. Jaws is, you know, down on the list. Like I said, I haven't I haven't read it before, so mm-hmm. like I'm just kind of doing it the first time. Network, I think's maybe a little low on this list. I, I'd put that higher. The Deer Hunter, interesting. Uh, I don't see Pulp Fiction. Oh wait, there it is. Pulp Fiction. Oh good. Pulp Fiction just above The Searchers and just below Goodfellas. Another great movie. But I think that um, you know some. Some changes may be in order. Yeah. Number 100, last one on the list, Toy Story. Hmm. It is a great movie. 1995 Zone, we covered it. I mean, if you figure out how many movies there are, like, even making it on the list is still an accomplishment. Oh, I agree. A a great accomplishment. Now, we've done this a few times before uh, where we do the uh, today's test, but Carol's going to indulge me a little bit by... uh, Reading the test to me. I swear I have not read these, everyone. Okay. If I get all these right, which I probably won't. (laughs) Today's test. Do you know about this date in history? Maybe. In 1943, Charles Chaplin married his fourth wife, Una Uh O'Neill, 18, daughter of Eugene O'Neill, the Soviet play... No, sorry. Not Soviet. The novelist, playwright, sculptor. Sure. Okay. What I don't understand. What's the question? I don't know. I mean, that's the I'm whole not... thing. There's no question. Okay. Yes. Do you know about this date in history? Uh-huh. And that was all. I don't understand. Oh, there's not a test. There's answers at the bottom. Okay. Well, but there's no question. Oh, what's is there a second one? The second one says in 1955, Pope Pius the twelfth. That's probably just a fun fact to begin it. Excommunicated Juan Domingo Perón, president of... Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I messed up and I told you all three. Well, I didn't tell you the answer. I just told you all three. Okay. So, president of Argentina, Brazil, or Chile. Okay. Say that again. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, no, let's go back to number one, actually, if that's cool. Oh, sure. Okay. okay. In 1943, Charles Chaplin married his fourth wife, Una O'Neill, 18, daughter of Eugene O'Neill, the novelist, oh. playwright, or sculptor. Eugene O'Neill was a playwright. Okay. Uh, that is correct. In 1955, Pope Pius XII excommunicated Juan Domingo Perón, president of Argentina, Brazil or Chile? I think he was Argentina. Okay. Uh, That is correct. And number three. In 1961, Rudolf Nureyev? 
Nereev. Yeah. yeah. Defected to the West while his troop was in London, New York, or Paris. So Nereev was a very famous ballet dancer. Uh, this one I'm not sure. God, were they in New York? Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm going to say Paris. Yes. Yeah. Good job. In 1970, oh, Kenneth Gibson became first the first black elected mayor in major northeast city. The city? Gary, Harrisburg, or Newark? I think Gary, Indiana. Newark, New Jersey. Ah, damn it. Still, three out of four is not bad. Good job, no, babe. Oh, it's the first time I've... That that's the most self indulgent thing I've ever done on the show. I think. <laughs> but speaking of self indulgence, mm. Carol and I opted to see. No, no, you opted. I was dragged. A movie by one of my favorite comedians of all time, really, mm-hmm. Norman Mac- Macdonald. You know, I still like. Keep wanting to say nor because that's what it always sounds like. I thought nor, yeah, because when when you say you his name was nor, when you say Norm McDonald, you don't pronounce the M. Okay, <laughs> and I've never really paid attention to anybody else talk about him. And, and you thought his name was nor? Yes, I did. Interesting, I did until yeah. you said Norman. Norm McDonald. That's his name. <laughs> old McDonald had a farm. Yeah. But Old McDonald had a movie mm. with Artie Lang and Chris Farley, the late Chris Farley, one of his final film roles. See, and I'll have to try not to speak ill of the dead. And um, I don't see what you could speak ill about, about Chris Farley's role in this, but you didn't like how his... His nose was bitten off by a Saigon whore. No, (laughs) I didn't. So it's dirty work. We watched dirty work. We did. It was the stupidest fucking movie. Come on. No, I mean, the whole thing is dumb. Like the whole plot of the movie is just ridiculous. Like there's barely a thread of reality to hold on to. What are you talking about? There's barely a thread of reality to hold on to. Okay. Okay. So the one dude's dad, who it turns out is both their dads, which like, what? Like, why does that matter? Why even put that in there? It affects nothing. Arthur Lang. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So he has a heart attack. Yes, he does. Jack Warden. And the surgeon is like bribing them for money for his gambling debt so that he'll give him a heart replacement, which... Chevrolet. That would never happen. Chevrolet Chase. Never, That's ever, his ever. Full name. What? Chevrolet Chase. That's his full name. And so they need to come up with $50,000. And how do they do this? Mm-hmm. By opening up a business of revenge for hire. That's right, because they're, they're good at pranks. And how many days do they have? Like seven days. To make $50,000. Yeah. With a brand new business. They do it. It's ridiculous. Oh, my God. It, it, so the premise being ridiculous, don't you think that that aids a comedy? Um, you think a comedy's premise should be 
absolutely rock solid serious. I just, I'm sorry, I can't get on board. And and like, there was all the terrible, cheap, dirty humor. What's a comedy you like? Um, you see how long she has to think, folks. <laughs> well, no like, sense of humor. Romantic comedies? No. Oh, well, there straight aren't any comedy. I don't think a there's straight, any. You there? You have never liked a straight comedy in your life. I don't think so. Oh my god! I mean, what's even, wrong with you? Even like I was gonna say Roxanne, but that that's that's a romantic comedy too. Like wow, with Steve Martin, 1987's Roxanne. It's funny. That's a fine movie. Doc Hollywood, also romantic comedy. Like, I can't think of a comedy that I've enjoyed that didn't have romance. Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. Yes. Thank I you. I mean, there is the roma- romance between uh, Billy Rosewood and uh, <laughs> Axel Foley. <laughs> right. But... Thank you for saving me there. <laughs> I think that might be the only one, though. Maybe. Did you mention Romancing the Stone? No, but I do love that movie. That's a romantic comedy, too, though, kind of. An adventure romantic yeah. comedy. It's fun. What about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? That's not a comedy. It's funny, though. There's sure, funny there are funny parts, but it's not a comedy. It's an, an action movie. How long can we go on just naming movies that you like better? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope for a long time. <laughs> I think that the premise is fine. Okay. The, pr- the premise of a comedy should be ridiculous. Sure. Now, you can argue about the execution if you want. Um, okay. You know, Robert Saget directed this movie. Yeah, the dad from Full House. That's right. Yeah. And the, yeah. And the what? I don't know. <laughs> I hear he's got a dirty mouth now. I definitely believe it. Yeah. yeah he's a, he's reinvented himself as like a shock comedian. Mm. He was also uh, the host of... Uh, <laughs> America, America, this is you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Funniest home videos, yeah. yes. I don't think he does it anymore, but... I'm, I don't know. I haven't watched that show in a while. No, I think it's canceled. Anyway, so... Carol. Yes. Tell us some stuff. <laughs> Your face. I already told you some stuff, okay? It's a fucking stupid movie. Okay. So fine. yeah, one of the no, characters. No, no. no, no, no. You wanted me to talk. Yeah, go ahead. One of the characters, as as Mark referenced, yeah, had his nose bitten off by a Saigon prostitute. Yeah. So that's Chris Farley. Christopher Farley. It looks ridiculous. It's not a good. It's not a good prosthetic. No, no, not they, at all. It's not even really a prosthetic. They took some like fucking spirit gum or something like that and just silly hoodie yeah. and just smeared it on the end of uh, Chris Farley's real nose. And are just like, there you go. Part of your nose is gone now. And then he's supposed to have gotten a nose job later, which a new nose, a, a replacement nose, a graft nose, which doesn't look real in any way. It, I mean, it, it's got stitching around it. So Like gross. a baseball glove. And then it gets bitten off again by the same Saigon prostitute on the way to marry her. Yeah. Stupid. How can you describe <laughs> a series of funny things in such a deadpan voice and then end it with stupid? Because it's stupid. Okay, I'm going to do... What the fuck? She's leaving everyone. She's done. She doesn't want to be part of the show anymore. She's sick of my shitty movie takes. Oh, my God. 
You don't like you don't like uh, the cat opened the door. Literally, I had to take care way, of it. The door was closed. The cat fucking opened. Yeah, it. our cats are like masters of of do- doors. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the worst superhero name ever. Master of doors. <laughs> They literally can even open like the the side door of our house, yeah. like to the outside world. If we don't lock it, yeah. <laughs> they can escape the house. They are master of doors. <laughs> that's the, that's a movie that uh, you'd probably think is funny, right? Master yes. of doors, and it can star the kitties. I would watch that movie. <laughs> star the kitties. Starring the kitties. <laughs> I love it. I want it. <laughs> they can be superheroes and wear capes. God. <laughs> and they can travel to different dimensions through the doors. What? <laughs> oh my god. It's See, actually... I've, I've written a better movie. <laughs> okay. Good job. <laughs> I guess you're better than Norman McDonald. I'm very proud. So I could do the same thing you just did though. Okay. Axel Foley and Billy Rosewood want to mess with this guy so they put a banana peel in his tailpipe and then his car won't go stupid yeah but that you see how that sounds dumb now yeah because it removes all the funny which is what you just did but there was no funny to remove (laughs) i mean the the whole like the (laughs) you're about to become southern there for a second this movie has angered you so much you 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 accessed a new personality. I was gonna try to do Eddie Murphy with the banana the tailpipe thing, you know. Oh my god. That laugh sounded like it. You know what I mean. You know which scene I'm talking yes, about. Yes, I know which scene you're talking about. But I can't do it. No. And you shouldn't try, Carol. <laughs> you should not try it's so funny, to do though. Eddie Murphy's voice. <laughs> anyway, so I'll, 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 I will walk people through this movie since you don't want to. <laughs> the premise, as Carol alluded to, is basically the fact that Norman McDonald's Mitch, his name is Mitch, and I can't remember the I can't remember Arthur Lang's name, but. His friend. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't slash, care enough to learn his name. Slash stepbrother now. Uh, Not stepbrother, half-brother. Half-brother, sorry. They um, they they live by the motto, I, we don't take shit from anybody. And, I don't know, they kind of do still, though. Yeah, they do. But the dad has a heart attack because he's old, whatever. And they need to get the money. For for Chevy Chase, I'm sorry, Chevrolet Chase's uh, gambling debts because he bet on the fight in Rocky Three and he bet on bet against Rocky. <laughs> so stupid. But there were there were parts of this movie you laughed at, by the way. Well, yeah, the the one part with the locket was kind of funny. Where okay. he shows uh, Mitch a mm-hmm. picture to prove to him that he's his dad of him fucking his mom <laughs> that he wears in a locket around his neck. Yeah. That was some funny shit. There's a part too that's very funny where they're so they're they're in the midst of their revenge for higher business, and they they get a call from the suburban dad 
who's like, I can't stand these fucking people living next to me anymore. And it's this like giant mansion next to like just a regular residential home. Mm-hmm. And so they go in there and they're going to put fish in there. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to keep them from driving around fast, playing music loud and all the other stuff that he complains about. But they put fish all around the house. I don't think the revenge is necessarily supposed to change the behavior. It's just revenge. I guess. He's like, you, uh, you, you know, we'll make it unbearable. He's like, it's unbearable to live next to him. And he's like, we'll make it unbearable to live in this house. And so it turns out they're drug dealers, obviously. And they come in with a group that's going to buy their drugs. And he's like, hey, here's the drugs. And he's like, okay, it looks good. And he's like, it smells like fish in here. And... They fly off the handle and they're like, what is that, a fucking code? Are you guys cops? And then they start to murder each other. <laughs> but we don't see any of it. No. We cut to the, the to Mitch and his friend standing there holding fish. And the looks on their faces are priceless as just voiceover is in the background uh, with like, uh, just saying like wildly like, well, I'll see you in hell. And like, you know, all this like stuff is like. Uh, I use this to cut wood. Oh my god, he's got a chainsaw! And like, he's like, "Oh, he's taking a chainsaw now. He's using it to kill me." <laughs> See, I don't think That's I funny. laughed at the actual movie during that scene, but you recounting it—it's a little bit more amusing somehow. I don't know. It was—I I liked it. I thought it was funny. Um, there are a few things that I thought were kind of odd. So, at least from a um. Not structural, but like a art artistry point of view. Okay. First of all, uh, the shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore is the Chris something I can't remember his name, but uh, anyway, he's the villain in this, the billionaire real estate developer. He's Donald Trump, I guess, with a Chihuahua, <laughs> and the whole time they're like they're, he's holding this Chihuahua, and he's like, I think uh, he's a. Uh, they say, I think he's doing that chihuahua. Yeah. What the fuck? Well, I think they said something else. I think they said fingering. I think they said fucking or something because every time one of them says it, there's like four or five times they say it to each other. Every time one of them says it to each other, it is the most obvious ADR <laughs> like I've ever seen in my life where they replace whatever they originally said with doing that dog. Uh, and it's, it's both of them. Every time it's said, it's clearly, it was supposed to be something else. And they, they re-recorded it, I guess, to get past censors or, or whatever. Who knows? But yeah, it was, it was not good. It was Mm -hmm. not good ADR. It's not a good joke either. Cause it's not a good, you're right. It's not, it wasn't worth the bad. If it was hard to do the ADR, it wasn't worth it. You could have just cut those lines. Yeah, I mean, he was carrying the dog around the whole time, but that's really it. There was no. It wasn't. It wasn't funny. Like yeah. it's not. It's not that good of a joke. Yeah. Also, I thought was kind of interesting is his whole, which he takes. He like so. Norm Macdonald did Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live, and he used to do this thing where he would do the note to self, like he'd put mm-hmm. you know, note to self, whatever. And he brings that into this movie, and it actually kind of affects the plot of this movie. I thought that, like, the first time I saw that, I was like, mm, 
It's kind of like when you see when uh, like a stand-up comedian. How many times did you go to the theater and see this movie? What are you talking about? You said the first time I saw this movie, I thought. No, I said the first time I saw it. He pulls out the tape recorder like seven times oh, in the film. Oh, okay. The first time I saw it, I thought to myself, it's kind of like when a stand-up comedian is in a movie and starts doing his stand-up in mm. the movie. Okay. Like, it wasn't that bad, I guess, but the first time I saw him pull it out, I was like, because I recognized it, because I, you know, I watched him on, on Saturday Night Live, I was like, I don't know, like, that. it's... You know, it's something very specific he does for the weekend update or did for the weekend update. And it's like, I don't know. It just didn't, mm-hmm. it, it didn't sit right. It, like I said, it really felt like, you know, you see, I don't know, Bill Maher or somebody in a, in a movie and all of a sudden he's just doing his stand up bits. And it's like, yeah, that's not really the right medium for what you're doing here. But yeah, so that. You know, I'm, I'm. Why are you? Why are you looking at me like because that? Because I was just thinking about how Seinfeld literally does stand up in the middle of his show, well, at the beginning and or end of his show, and you love that show. That's different. They use the stand up as a framing device for what happens in the show. Okay. And that's a TV show, one, <laughs> not a movie, but it's like I said, that is a framing device, and he is a stand up comedian. In the show. Like, he's playing a, a, a version of himself. Okay. Norm MacDonald's not playing a guy that does weekend updates. Okay. Or else he'd have $50,000. Anyway, um, so I'm just giving the things that I, I don't really love about the movie. So those two things. And then there's a really weird editing choice in hmm. this movie. I can't remember exactly what the line is, but they're talking about... The fact that they're going to, like, destroy this building, right? And they're sitting there talking about it. And Norm MacDonald says something to Artie Lang. And Artie Lang reacts like, what, really? Like, whatever? And then they cut immediately. So they're in the building, uh, you know, uh, throwing uh, flyers that say, hey, you got to get out of here because we're going to tent mm-hmm. the building or whatever, right? Um, but it's like he didn't react to that enough. And the thing that comes next, them doing the, you know, uh, putting the flyers in the building, doesn't connect to what was just said. So it just seems really jarring. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have that problem with a lot of different movies and shows where, like, they're having a conversation, Mm. and then they just cut away when somebody says something that the other person doesn't react to, and it's like, you know there would have been a reaction that you probably would have or could have or should have seen. Yeah, and that's... that. I. I don't like that. That to me, that's bad editing. I yeah. don't like that when they do that. Uh, and I think it. So editing is bad when it's really noticeable. I mean, uh, you can do a decent job editing, and you know you don't have to be like editing's an art form. And I I enjoy editing like our show or you know doing editing on my own. So I'm a fan of editing, but. Um, so I don't mean this in like a degrading way, like, oh, anybody can edit, but you can do a decent job of editing and not be a great editor and no one really notices your edits unless someone is a, a, uh, like a student of editing or a student of film. But when it's really noticeable like that to anybody, to me, that's a really bad job editing because the whole point is, is to bridge what just happened with the next scene. We need a bridge from 
that scene to the scene where they're they're passing out the flyers, and there's no real bridge there. Right. He's talking about something kind of unrelated, and then Artie Lang does react, but it's very quick, and then all of a sudden we're in the thing. It's not like, well, you know, we got to go now, or like, you know, you need even just a little thing yeah. to bridge those two those two scenes, but otherwise it just seems super abrupt. Also, what they're doing after that is tenting a building just to destroy it. Yes, yeah, so to get everybody out. But why? Why tent it? And so they can. So they're not like messed with or anything, you know. All right, I guess I understand. <laughs> I love how you gave up. <laughs> but those those are those would be my criticisms of the movie. But other than that, I thought it was hilarious. There yeah. are a lot of there are a lot of great lines in this movie. Yeah, you spent a lot of time laughing. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Wow, <laughs> wow! It's just not my cup of tea, and I bet you a lot of ladies out there wouldn't like this. Movie. Hey, ladies! <laughs> um, speaking of the Beastie Boys, um, hey, ladies in the place, I'm calling out to you. There never was a city kid drew all blue. Well, there's more to me than you'll ever know, and I got more hits than Sarah Arrow. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I I would recommend it, but you have to actually have a functioning humor center to your brain <laughs> to appreciate the movie. Hey, 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 I just laughed, right? Yeah. Right? You heard it. Because you were funny. The movie, not, not so much. Well... So it's good, like with any comedy, it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those things where it's like I thought it was funny, Carol thought it was not funny, and there's really no way to criticize it other than to for Carol to be like it just wasn't funny to her, you know. But I know I can criticize it because it was disgusting. I've too. seen a lot more disgusting movies. Sure, I don't like gross out humor either, like you don't. I don't. I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's particularly clever, and I don't think it's. I, I just don't like it. Oh, and there was the rape scene. Oh. Like what the fuck? Now we need to preface that. There's <laughs> not just like we're not just going along with a regular comedy. Just like do 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 do, and then there's a brutal rape scene in the middle, and then it's a comedy again with no explanation. No. Okay. They're in. Pr- they say prison, but it's jail. They're, and they're just in a holding cell. Right. Like they're in. It's not like they're actually in there. And to me, this type of stuff ha- happens in prison, probably, but not in just a holding cell with a bunch of people just sitting around. No, I mean that's fucked up. But anyway, but, so go ahead. Yeah. So the prisoners, some of them, take Mitch off camera, and you know it's implied that they're like sodomizing him or whatever. Right. And then he and, and and by the way, we don't see it. No, it's just implied. But he comes back and he's just like, "Well, that that that's just what what did he say? Ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. You guys are ridiculous. Yeah, like that's he not. Says, and he says, you know, what hurts the most the lack of respect. Well, the other thing hurts the most, but the lack of respect hurts the second most. I don't know. I just that's funny. I never like humor when it comes to like sexual assault. Um, sure. And it was just it, it again. I know you're tired of me saying these words, but it was not funny. Yeah. 
and it was unnecessary, it just didn't need to be. You're entitled to your your wrong opinion, but uh, (laughs) whatever. I I thought it was a good movie. Carol didn't like it. It's we often there are a lot we've. You don't like many comedies. I don't know why. It's weird. Uh, Because like I have a very strong sense of taking care of and protecting people. And mm-hmm. most humor is hurting people in some way. I mean, mo- a lot of humor is. A lot of I humor guess. is about like bad things like happening s- to people or people making fun of people. You like stand-up comedy, though. Yeah. It's so, different. I, I guess. I don't know. Because I, mean, I, like, I like your humor, like when we're talking. Like, that's different than watching a movie where like bad or unpleasant things are happening to people. I, I understand that, but there's got to be comedies where, like, bad and unpleasant things aren't happening to people, where it's just a humorous situation. Okay, I, you I can't find think, that. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Right? You ever, you ever like, somebody's like, hey, think of a movie, and it's like, oh, I can't think of any movies. I can't think of any <clears throat> movies that have that right now, but, but I mean, like, even, that aren't romantic comedies. Even, like, Beverly Hills Cop... Like, what I like about it is, is not the humor. It's, like, more like the action-adventure aspect of it. Yeah, Ghostbusters is kind of funny, too. Yeah. Ghostbusters. Yeah. Ghostbusters is a comedy. 100%. It is funny, yes. You're right. But nobody's really getting hurt. It's, like, no, that's supernatural I, shit. That's what I'm talking about. I'm yeah. talking about, like, I, I think that would be a movie where there's humor, but nobody's... It's not at anybody's expense. I mean, except for the... Walter Peck from the EPA. He does call him dickless. <laughs> He's like, they're talking. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd. I think this is an ad lib too. Dan Aykroyd calls him like a dickless wonder or something like that or whatever. And like, he's railing against him. And the mayor goes, is that true to, uh, to the EPA guy? <laughs> Maurice says, it's true. This man has no dick. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, okay, well, th- but that was just really fucking good humor, you know. That's what I'm saying. This movie didn't have any of that. Nah, whatever. <laughs> I can't fight with you anymore on it. That is the episode for the week, Carol. It is. So, I don't know. So Tell people where to go to be funnier. You can write us at latefee1994.awl.com. Yep. Check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com mm-hmm. and share the tapes with your friends. Oh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.